Hello, Mr. Spiky Pitman. It is me, Trend again, your f- friendly neighborhood barbarian. Well, friendly unless I've been paid to knock you out and take you somewhere for money. <laughs> but seriously, I hear the call from Jason where we talk about people's backgrounds and how they all be prepared and things like that. And I tell you that my background came when a chubby gamer man picked up a D20 less than an hour before the session, roll it on the table in the black hack book, roll some stats, and then go, <laughs> hmm, he be strong but not quite so smart, but he's descended from royalty. Let's make up two, three sentences of background, and I will fill in the rest later. So that is how my thrilling background came to be. And yes, silly voice on top, but what can you do? So not everyone prepared. I certainly wasn't. So there you go. Searching for moons For an evil ogre in an ancient room Was a fortunate son of the OSR Without a ten-foot pole I wouldn't get very far The ground was murky and I caught a look As the dungeon master opened up his grim tooth book And then I fell into a spike pit Oh yeah, spike pit Oh, a bit would have spikes in it I'm Colin Green and you are listening to Spike Pit. Hey Colin, it's John here from the Red Dice Diaries. Just been listening to your latest episode about, amongst other things, the Black Hack game we played at the weekend. And I pretty much agree with everything you said, dude. I think uh, Dave ran an excellent game and the players were all really great, gelled straight away as a group. And there were some really entertaining and amusing characters i loved your little entertainer guy obviously polled v with his weird sort of harry krishna like hippie peace loving vibes great fun and yeah i'm surprised we all made it through alive i think there's a few times when like if the look of the dice had been different we could have all cocked it quite easily despite the fact it's not that easy to die in black hack to be honest For Joe being self-deprecating, I think you're absolutely right. He's an excellent role player, but if he was any more self-deprecating, I think we'd have to declare him an honorary English person. So I'm not really bothered if you're listening to this either now or later on. Joe, just going to have to take the compliment for what it is, dude. I thought you played a great part in the game. Yeah, like Colin said, your rogue was a bit more of a sort of straight, stereotypical rogue, but hey, there's nothing wrong with that. You are playing a rogue. 
and I think your character added an awful lot to the game. And I'm going to be leaving uh, Dave a message shortly to say how much I enjoyed the game, and I certainly thought Black Hack played a lot better upon actually playing it than I expected it to from simply reading it. And I'm really looking forward to playing and perhaps running the system at some point in the future, which I think is the mark of a good game. So take care, dude. I'll catch you soon. John Large and his buddy Drend getting the ball rolling now. Of course, Drend is John's character in Dave Aldridge's Black Hat game. And as you might have guessed already, I'm going to be talking a little bit more about that system today. Got another game coming up on the 15th for this month. A bunch of players already signed up for it. Super stoked to be getting in there. On the 20th, Arthur's going to be joining us. So later on in this show, going to be rolling up a character with him. Recorded that earlier today. And I've got a bunch of call-ins. John there giving Black Hack a bit of love. It's proving pretty popular with the Anchorites. And like I said before, I really do love this system. I may even be running it myself. I've got this idea that it could be my first foray into online gaming. So watch this space. Before I move on, though, I've got to say that John there got a little bit jinxed with his J's in a bit of a jumble with Jason and Joe. <laughs> Hello there, Spiky Pitman. It is me, Drend, and I've just been taking a break from drinking my fermented yak's milk to listen to your pod thingy. And I thought it was interesting you were talking about how you could have uh, the, the usage dice in the, the, the black hack and how does it save any time or not when you're doing things like arrows rather than using a big sword like you should do. And I was thinking that Maybe you're right. Maybe it'd not save as much time. But then I thought, no, only reason it doesn't save any time is because nine games out of ten, everyone just ignores the bit where you should be knocking down how many arrows you've taken. I can't think of a single game I've been in where everyone has been tracking down all of the arrows. So I think if you were doing that, it would save you time. However, because most games ignore it, maybe it doesn't. But this thing is beeping now, so I got to go. But maybe leave you a message in future. Take care. Goodbye. Hi, Colin. It's Dave. Uh, enjoyed your discussion of the usage die. One cool thing I would like to add, which you didn't mention, is that um, the rules in the Black Hack imply, because of the character sheet, which has space for you to put your usage die, imply that you should give the players physical dice to track their resources, spell durations, and so on. And that, to me, just adds an extra element of excitement. And there's another way of cutting down the bookkeeping. So, you know, whereas in fifth edition, you might have a, a spell that lasts for 10 rounds, now you've just got a usage die for duration, and you've got the dice there that, uh, as physical reminders. At the end of your turn, you roll to see if the effect depletes. Uh, and so I, I, I find that uh, an additional uh, good bit of, of usage die design. I've got to say, I think Drend is right there. And to be fair, even if he wasn't right, who's going to argue with him? Certainly not me. Yeah, you're not going to notice the effect of the usage die as dramatically if you're playing in a game where people are a little bit more casual with their bookkeeping anyway. Myself, I'm a little bit of a stickler with my arrows. I, 
I feel like um, just it's once again, it's the verisimilitude thing. I, uh, in the same way as I bought you the discussion about armour and flaming oil, maybe arrows and, and, and bookkeeping is something that gets hand-waved in circumstances where maybe it shouldn't. Rob C recently from Down in a Heap, he's been talking about hand-waving. It comes up quite a lot. And yeah, you don't want to worry about these things if there's not good reason to worry about it, if there's not some sort of a, a drama involved. But I think running out of ammo at a crucial time has potentially got that drama. If it's not being tracked, then you're going to miss out on that. The usage die, I think, is a good example of a method where you can make that bookkeeping a little bit easier. And in the second call in there, Dave Aldridge talking about some of the drama involved with this usage die. And having it actually there physically in the gaming space as a constant reminder, perhaps you can remember it a bit more, keep the drama there. I don't know. But talking of drama and rolling dice, I want to move into the main part of the show. I sat down earlier today, like I said, with Arfed to roll up a character so that he can come and join us in the Black Hat game with Dave Aldridge. So without any further ado, I'm going to cut to the chase. So we've got Arfed with us. We're going to be rolling up some, uh, well, we're going to be rolling up a Black Hat character for Dave Aldridge's game on the 20th of November, which is uh, a week on Wednesday, evening slot, 8 o'clock game. So then, Arfed, we're doing it old style. Uh, 3D6, Radio. down the line. Here we go then, strength. Oof. Ooh. 14. Okay, so if you roll a 14 or more, your next stat is automatically a 7. So, so he's got 7 dexterity. Yep. And then on to constitution. 13. Oh, a crafty, cheeky 13. It's the best stat you can get. If you don't want to oh, minus another. on the next one. Another, another 13. 13 in wisdom. The dice are hot. Oh, what? This is unheard of. Good thing you got a witness. Which means charisma seven. Uh, okay. So you can swap two of them over. Um, okay, so we shall we shall swap the wisdom and the decks. So already that is saying fighter. To me, so that's a warrior. Uh, warrior, yeah. Yeah, to get the parlance rules as written. So with the warrior, you've got a a few different uh, special abilities, yeah, stuff like that. This is what do you want to do about your inspiration? There's a D12 inspiration table yep. there. Going to roll on that table as well, which is a D12 in this book here. Let's see what inspiration for his background. Escaped being held prisoner. Spartacus. Escaped being held prisoner. Okay, so 
carrying, fleshing out your stats a bit more. You've got starting hit points is D4 plus 6. D4 plus 6. Oh, oof, a 4, max. Yep, so 10 hit points. Yep. Uh, hit dice. Hit. Yeah, so hit dice for a warrior, just for the record, is a D8. So you're one hit dice, D8. You can use any or all and all weapons. You've got the a dealer of death special ability for your um, your damage. So basically, you get a D6 per level uh, per hit dice. So when you get the second level, you would have two D6 that you can distribute amongst your foes. Sounds good. Um, so we can now roll equipment is like an AE or a B. You can either randomise that or you can pick that. So um, I think since we're doing it random so far, I shall randomise that as well. So I shall roll odd is A, even is B. Right, so it's A. Equipment A. So every warrior gets a decorative shield displaying their heraldic device, which you should design. Okay. Um, and then you randomly determined a scale tunic or AV2. Tunic on the value 2. A one-handed weapon. One-handed weapon, probably a sword. It says large shield. I'm not... I'm not sure there's a little contradiction in the rules here because it says every warrior starts with a decorative shield but then in equipment list a it lists the shield and in equipment list b it doesn't list the shield so there's a little bit of an anomaly there it's not a crest rather than a shield does it mean almost yeah yeah i know what you mean yeah that Family could just crest. be yeah so like yeah yeah maybe uh, so it's got a sword and a shield and a tunic. Because it does, it calls it a decorative shield. So m maybe it doesn't have the um, the armor die that you get with the large shield. Yeah. That's a good. That's a good point. Two uh, d six coins. Two d six. Yeah. This is where they fail me. Oh, oh no! Roll off. Cost me there. Yeah. Six gold. Is it? Six, six coins. Gold. Just coins. Yeah. Unspecified. Nearly a ten there. It was nearly, and you get a a set of unopened. You've got some unopened orders. Unopened orders. And a special. There's some special rules for folk that are listening. A warrior is self-reliant. That means when you roll your broken armor die, you can re-roll results of a one. Also in combat, and this came in in the last game where um, uh, Drend, the barbarian, he was in the combat. And, and when you when you get attacked and you defend, if you get a really good defense roll, a one to five, because you're rolling under, the attacker takes damage equal to your level. So as you get a few hit dice, that that can be pretty good. Yep. If you had like a load of mooks attacking you. And you're rolling, yeah, you're rolling really well. You give them a big dig with your shield and they could be taken out. Uh, and then when you when you level up, you roll a d20 for each attribute 
and if you roll over it, it goes up a point. Okay. So your crap stats. I've got a couple of sevens that yeah. quite easily go up. Yeah. Uh, and you can get some more hit points. You you you're quite flexible. The warrior's quite flexible. So one of them attributes you would get to roll twice. So if you were oh, really okay. trying to bump up your strength. Yep. Say, because it's a fourteen. You know you've got an iffy chance of rolling it. You can actually go. Oh well, I'm gonna have two bites of the cherry there and give that another roll. So that's good. Whereas my guy, um, Stilton, he he as a because he's a thief, he gets to re-roll wisdom or dex. So he doesn't have the flexibility that the warrior character has. And then when you level up, you also get a hit dice, uh, and you get to roll that with advantage because you're a warrior so if you get a a duff roll you know you you've, you've got you know you've got well it's advantage so you get the two dice so you roll 2d8 pick your best one that's quite quite good i quite like that it's a simple rule but it gives that it gives that warrior feel yeah yeah and you gain a dice for your uh, dealer of death damage dice pool yeah which could be very useful yeah, and the way that works in combat is um, you assign them damage dice to your foes and you have to come up and it says, you know, it's actually written in the rules, player must come up with an exciting and bespoke narration for the attack. And I assume they have to be in a near sort of distance to be attacked. They have to be, yeah, has to be nearby targets yep. I quite like that in the rules of Black Hack all the key words are emboldened in the text so uh, they're, they're capitalised for the first letter and then emboldened so you know you know if oh, nearby that means something and then um, what you do so you assign the dice but then you make your attribute test so this would be strength for each of the different targets so if you had four dice and you put two dice on each you don't roll to hit with each dice you roll against each target you're fighting so you'd goblin a and goblin b make your attribute check and if you hit you'd do two dice of damage or you know the amount of dice you've uh, assigned and in that example it was two so I think that's pretty cool. <clears throat> I'm looking forward to seeing how like nasty these warriors get. Yeah, that sounds good. So what else have we got? Uh, Is that another table? Oh, you get a war. Tr- yes, yeah, you get a war trophy. Yeah, D six. D six war trophy. Oh, a six. A dragon tooth pendant. Dragon tooth pendant. Yeah. So your background, um, you have to write a background. So the D12 inspiration, the the um, escape prisoner thing, escape being held prisoner, the idea is that is inspiration for you to write a background. And ideally, your background should contain a piece of world-building fiction allowing a player to craft a narrative tie to the game world and a story element 
unique to the character. Okay, so I've already started thinking of a background. Um, I believe my character to be an aging sergeant of the army, um, obviously involved in a, a big conflict back in the day, held prisoner. So a POW. For quite some time, many years. Uh, managed to escape after a, a number of years. Um, came back to his home. Uh, retired from the army. But now, due to ill health of his parents, and he's looking after his parents, he's been forced back into adventuring ways to try and raise funds to keep his uh, ageing mother who's uh, lost her sight in, uh, you know, keep her in uh, housing and look after his family, basically. So he's striving back out into the wilderness to raise funds. So a little bit cautious, thinking that he's the... Uh, his dependents are relying on yeah, him. He's uh, the sole provider. So, so so the suggestion is that you... The, the, this little... The combination of... Um, so the world, the world-building fiction there would suggest some kind of past war or something. Yep, with another faction, a neighbouring country. Yeah. Or... Um, it also suggests that it's a pretty tough, tough environment, tough life. You know, you need to look after the, your parents. So, I mean, that that kind of suggests a few things to me. But you you want to take that that kind of world building element and the character element and look for a sort of a, a skill or proficiency well, within see, that. I can see possibly the escape bit could be either escaping from his cell in some sort of trickery. He's managed to either bluff his way out or convince the guards uh, in some ways pulled one over on him or he's managed to somehow escape from his cell in a more fevery well he's got a high dexterity and a low charisma so i imagine on the uh, yeah the bluffing the the bluffing doesn't seem to be a natural fit no no unless it took him a number of years but he's yeah build up that rapport yeah with a guard or something but he is super dexterous and pretty nimble kind of guy so yeah so he's probably somehow scaled out of his his cell that was in some sort of large pit he's super clever as well maybe he's really enterprising and he figured out some cunning so yeah something to do with the escaping plan that i'll have to uh think about i'm wondering like if you know because he's got leadership qualities he's he's clever he's nimble He's fought as a soldier. Maybe you could almost have like this profession uh, proficiency that suggests a kind of um, like a MacGyver type of talent. You know, he can because uh, you've nothing. Yeah, because you can once what you can use your background to roll advantage once per session. Mm. Maybe out of his wooden spoon and plate, he's managed to devise something and come up with something with a. Over a long period of time, got a bit of string and some various other little bits that he's fashioned into something to force open a lock or some sort of. So you could maybe like, yeah, like so, it's a, like 
enterprising or escapologist or um, or slip slippery character, mm. something like get that. Get out of trouble. Get out of trouble, kind of. Yeah. It's just that it's got to be quite narrow, and get out of trouble is kind of super wide, isn't it? Yep. Um, yeah, I have to define that somewhat. Yeah. Cool. What else is there? I think that's about it, you know. Yep, yeah, that sounds good. That's We've got a nice name for it. easy. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure what sort of world this is set in, actually. I'm not listening to uh, any sort of real plays or anything. Well, so far you've got um, Bardo, Wit, Drend, Stilton. Um, there are other characters, but I, we haven't played. They haven't played yet, so I'm not familiar with their names. My, I've, I think my second character is called Hannibal. Pretty sure he's Hannibal. He's a he's a warrior. And what sort of uh, world is this setting? Or well, we're um, we're in a town. All I know is Dave Aldridge generated it with his Black Sand book and the name of it has gone straight out of my head. The name of the town has gone straight out of my, my head. But I mean, we've just been to a evil wizard tower. I think it's... It, it, if you think fighting fantasy, I'm pretty sure Dave's drawing on fighting fantasy. Okay. And sort of... I don't know how much of a Titan we're going to see in 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 terms of flavour, but 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 it's potentially quite grungy. I think. I talked about dark fantasy and everything, and I think there might be some black powder knocking around. Um, okay, I may go to uh, Game of Thrones for a bit of inspiration on names. I might look into that. Uh, I'm thinking of the aged sort of bodyguard of the uh, Lady of the Dragons. He's my inspiration at the moment. And I can't from the life of me remember his name, but um, I will come up with a name and obviously fill that in and upload it to Google for Dave. Right then, well, name to be confirmed. That's took about 15 minutes and we've waffled a little bit. Obviously, you could do it a lot. A lot quicker than that. Yep. No problemo. Perhaps we'll make up another one at a future. Yeah, it's probably good to have a, a backup for yeah. Black Hack. <laughs> yeah, everybody's everybody's got a backup so far, I think. And then if you just upload it, if you go into the uh on the Discord and look under the Black Hack two E uh tab thing, up in the pin messages is a place to put your character in. It's just a oh, Google yeah. Doc. Yeah. Cool. Nice one. And there we go. A super fluky bit of rolling from Arfed. I've never seen him roll so good. And the warrior with no name is born. Ready for the game on the 20th of the 11th. I'd like to say a big thanks to the other guys who called in. In particular with the guest appearance from the mighty Drend. We've got John Large from the Red Dice Diaries, Dave Aldridge, the big boss man of the Black Hack. His Deep Ascent Isle is his podcast. And then I'm going to leave you now with some ponderings from Jason, 
the Nerds RPG Variety Cast. He's talking about a, a rule that came up, a suggestion from Vance A. He's got a, a product out called um, Whack Black Hack Whack Classes. It's available on Drive Through RPG, and I'll hopefully be talking about that a little bit more when I've perhaps tried them out a little bit and I've got a bit more to say. I've also picked up some other black hack stuff that I would like to talk about in a future episode. I'll leave the close out with Jason. Thanks guys for calling in as always. I'd like to say thanks to the patrons and last but not least, a big thanks to you the listener for taking a bit of time out of your day to listen to Old Spike Pit. Hey Colin, this is Jason here, Nerds RPG Variety Cast. So the Black Hack Whack classes sounds great. I'm definitely going to pick that up off drive through And of course I'll throw him a few bucks. He put the effort into putting it together, so I got no problem putting a little bit of coin in his coffer. I think that idea with the item where roll wisdom to see if you remember to pack it is great. Um, I Like you, I, I wonder, you know, that kind of should apply to everybody. Maybe not apply to everybody, but it's a rule you could definitely work on, um, maybe work in. I don't know. I really like that rule. I don't know if I want to limit that to the ranger. I understand why you would, but I can see that used more widely on a wider scale and outside the black hack as well. I can see that in other games. So I really like that rule. Anyhow, talk to you later. Bye. I fell into a spike pit. Spike pit. Oh, up it would have spikes in it.